Miguel Cabrera shines. The rest of the team does not. And another loss to the New York Yankees today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Tigers podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Blue Nile Jewelry. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Tigers listeners get $50 off $500. Use code LOCKEDON at checkout. Okay, we're back. Um, The Tigers, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how back they are. Another tough loss. Five to three at the hands of the New York Yankees. Um, a, A lot to break down with this one. First and foremost, Miguel Cabrera. The, the, the big fella turned back the clock a little bit. Made it a fun one. Made a game that without his performance would not have been a very fun game by any capacity. But the big fella prevails. And uh, he, he certainly made this game pretty fun. Went three for four. Came into this game four hits away from 3,000 and started off the game three for three. Had a chance to go four for four with... The last hit being 3,000 in this game. Can't can't ask for too much more than that. Um, And, and like, he looks sharp, really, uh, on the season. He's looked pretty sharp. Or at least relatively speaking to the rest of the offense, maybe, is what I mean. Uh, This is a team, as we talked about yesterday and as we will talk about again today, that is very much mightily struggling at the plate. So it's nice to have Miguel Cabrera with after this game, he has a 333 batting average. Got a hit in every, one of every three ABs so far on the year. Uh, an OBP of almost 400. Slugging percentage is down there, but at, at this age, that's probably somewhat expected. Uh, just just a fun night. Really a fun night. And, and like I said, in, in an outing that, <coughs> excuse me, in an outing that without it would not have been a very fun night. So we'll take what we can get at this point. The offense is beyond frustrating. And I'm going to say something that might, I don't know, freak some people out. Uh, I'm not too concerned long-term with the offense, really at all. Um, There's a few reasons for that. First off, everybody knows my, my, my love for patience at the plate. The Tigers have been unbelievably patient at the plate and are making starters work. Severino, high, high, high pitch count today. Made him work. Yesterday, obviously, we made Garrett Cole work. It got pulled before the before the third inning, before he could finish the second inning. Um, and, and we've been pretty consistent with that most of the year. We've been making the starters work and, and getting deep into counts. It's just the, the numbers with runners in scoring position are brutal. Really brutal. All right. So, I have 
faith in, like, I know for a fact that Jamer Candelario, like I said yesterday, is not going to end the season with a 488 OPS. It's not going to happen, right? We know Jonathan Scope is not going to end the season with a 416 OPS. We know Robbie Grossman is not going to have a 400 OPS, right? So, like, I I have faith that it will turn around and and – because if we were just getting blown away, if this offense was just going up there, getting blown away, just whatever, balls up and in, can't catch up to them, can't can't put the ball in play, et cetera, then maybe that'd be somewhat of a cause for concern. You'd be like, okay, this off, these aren't even competitive ABs. These at-bats, especially the last two nights, have been competitive. The Tigers are – one of the so far this season have been one of the best teams in baseball and working the count. When you look at stats like um, pitches per at bat, pitches per plate appearance, the Tigers rank very highly, like one of the best numbers in the entire sport. And that certainly has only improved the last couple of nights. And it already was a, a stat before the Garrett Cole outing. And that, like I said, it's obviously already only gone up and, and gotten gotten better. I guess better is the word to use there. Only improved. So I, I I have faith that the offense is going to come around. There are holes in the lineup. Clearly, Javi Baez on the IL mean, makes for a massive hole at the shortstop position. Very, very obviously, right? No one's going to – you're, you're going to let me say obviously and nobody's going to freak out about it because that's how obvious it is, you know? Um, and, and catcher so far this year. Tucker Barnhart's been abysmal at the plate. But he's one of half the guys in half. He has a higher OPS than your three and four hitter. Your one, three, and four hitter all have lower OPSs than Tucker Barnhart on the year. And and, and his is 514. So really gives you some perspective, right? And and like I said, I, I don't expect any of those three guys to, to stay down there. I don't expect Tucker Barnhart to be a 515 OPS guy. Maybe high 600s. You know, expect him to be the worst hitter in the lineup, but sure as heck not not four five fourteen. Um, so so you do have some holes, and the injuries don't help. When Baez comes back, that will help. Uh, when Haas is in the lineup, that will make up for the uh, for the offensive side of the ball, the hole that would be at catcher. Um, we'll get to the defense later because there's a lot of not very great defense being played uh, really on the season, and especially last night. But my, my main point with the offense is just I, I still fully believe in it. This slow start has not uh, discouraged me from my, my belief in this offense long term. Okay? That, that's my biggest point. We're working the count. We're drawing a lot of walks. We're, we're making starters go deep into counts, raise their pitch counts very highly early in the games. This, these are all very good things. And the at-bats are not all of them, obviously. But uh, I think the there are enough competitive at-bats on an inning-to-inning basis where I still feel confident in this lineup. And when the bats start going, getting a little hotter, and some of these guys turn into the players that we know they are, then we'll be fine. The philosophy, the approach at the plate is good. The results are just bad. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I've been trying to articulate for the entire first segment of this show. That's that. That's what the point I want to drive home. The approach has been solid for almost everybody. Right? 
just a matter of poor results. Poor result. Obviously, you're not going to win games with poor results. They need to be good results. We need to fix it. We got work to do. I'm not saying it's an excuse for the horribleness because it's not. It's not. Been very, very bad at the play so far. But long. We're still two weeks into the season. Long term, I, I I still believe in the direction. I still believe in this lineup. All right. So that's really all I wanted to drive home. Uh, outside of Miggy, not a whole lot going on on the offensive side. Jamer had two hits. And his OPS raised to 488. So that should give you... <laughs> there, there you go. Jamer goes two for four with two runs scored. His average raises to 171. And his OPS raises to 488. Victor Reyes deserves his flowers, man. Really does. Ha- has, been, has been solid. Hasn't been anything incredible. But doesn't really need to be. Shouldn't need to be at least with the way this lineup is constructed and the, and the personnel we have, I'll gladly take what Victor Reyes has been cooking since uh, since getting a bigger role due to all the injuries and such. I'm all about it. Hitting Harold obviously had the big uh, two RBI. It ended up being a double, right, to tie the game. Um, Willie Castro is Willie Castro. I think that's about it. Oh, Spencer Torkelson. Uh beyond his years at the plate man i know like people that like batting average are like oh my goodness he has a sub 200 batting average now dude's got a 360 on base percentage drawing walks like a dog i'm all about it i'm all about it and the power numbers when he does make contact are there. the average will come around he's not going to be a uh forever a a 360 ovp 190 batting average guy but if that's the difference in average to, to, to OBP that we're talking about, and he raises that average to, to 240, 250, that's when he takes off, baby. Wow, I just smacked my microphone. I'm so sorry if that was loud. That's when he takes off, though. That that That's when Torque takes off. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Austin Meadows finally went over. Uh, what was going to happen eventually? Yeah, that's it. Okay, let's get into the defense and the pitching this game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we'll do next. Pitching, uh, pitching, hmm. we'll do defense because that's been annoying. First, though, got to tell y'all about Blue Nile. We talked about it at the top of the show. And Blue Nile is a, a fantastic online jeweler. Since 1999, they have helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are also observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry makes them really cool. They're the, they are the original online jeweler. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring, designing diamond stud earrings, Mother's Day's around the corner. They're really good with Mother's Day stuff. The um, Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. They have expert advice, 24-7 legendary service with 30-day returns. When you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. Guaranteed service and repair for life. Diamond price guarantee. Contact Blue Nile to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs. And in most cases, they can meet or better the price. They also give you great peace of mind because if something's not perfect, that's no problem. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. If you need your special purchase fast, they can also accommodate that. They can deliver overnight. 
Every order is insured and arrives in, arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll cherish forever with the fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Tigers listeners can get $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. And every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging. Like I said, and it won't give it away what's inside. So you can shop completely stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two. That's what segment we're on at Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from all of our local experts here at Locked On. They take fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay. Let's get into – what did I say we were going to do? I, I think I said we wanted to do defense. Uh, the last couple of games has been a joke. It's been an absolute atrocity on the defensive side of the ball. There, I don't even know how I want to bring this up. Um, there are some plays that are made that you can right away, everybody can go, well, that was messed up, right? Like, that's probably not the move. For instance, Drew Hutchinson going to second base on that bunt was never the right move, ever. Now, and, and if he makes a decent throw, it's still like the dude's barely out at second which is the biggest thing for most people. Like if, if he just makes a horrible throw, but the dude was halfway to second base, you'd be like, all right, well, maybe it was the right decision, but we need to work on our PFPs. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a, the combination of lack of execution plus poor decision-making is beyond frustrating. If it's one or the other, it's somewhat fixable. And, and you can, you know, in practice or, or in strategy or, or whatever, you can somewhat over overcome that at a point. It's really hard to overcome both. And that's what we've been dealing with the last couple of days, man. The, the pop-up, the Tyler Alexander start was, oh, my goodness. I don't even want to really – I don't even know why I brought that up. It, absolute train wreck of a play. Um, I, goodness gravy. Uh, and, and then last night, right, we, we have the ball that's thrown into center field. Uh, we have, I will say, Torkelson, I support that decision to go home for several reasons. One, um, the offense has been garbage. So maybe we need to try to save as much runs as we possibly can. Um, and, and two, it wasn't a, you know, slightly better throw maybe gets him. It was a close play. You you could have just gotten the out, but also you're talking about a man on first, and that's it at that point. With already, I believe they had an out in the inning. Uh, so situationally, you're not really losing too much by gambling for it either. Ground ball still gets you out of the inning. Uh, I'm totally okay with with what he ended up doing there, even if the execution again wasn't as, as fantastic as it was. Um, but. Just the the sloppiness of like like why are we not holding Anthony Rizzo on second base, man? What a joke that was. I mean that that like that can't happen. Can't. You cannot 
let Anthony Rizzo steal third on you in that situation. I, I would argue you can't let anybody steal third on you in that situation. Try to hold somebody to a base. Goodness, gravy. But especially not Anthony Rizzo. No disrespect to the dude. He doesn't really have wheels. Not really meant, Not really built for speed. Right? I'm not either. All right? But I, I mean, horribly executed everything about that situation. You, you got to hold people on. You, it's inexcusable. You can't let Anthony Rizzo steal that base there. That's not heads up baseball. Um, not very, what's the word I'm thinking of? Attentive. Not very attentive. Not really, just seems sloppy, man. And then for what it's worth too, I, I, I've really ridden, I, I rode really hard for this dude when we brought him in. Uh, I am a, a catcher, was my entire life, right? And I love catcher defense. And I do think that a lot of people are are now maybe going a little too hard on the Tucker Barnhard is like horrible defensively bandwagon. That's not true. He still is, besides getting crossed up, which this is 100%. I'll openly admit it. This is 100% the catcher bias within me. Pitcher's fault when, when something a cross-up happens. I don't care. I don't care. You can even be like, oh, you're wrong. It's always I was a catcher my whole life. You're not, you're not gonna get me to change my opinion on it. Pitcher's fault. Cross-ups, like 90% of cross-ups are pitcher's fault. So I uh, and I'm I'm riding with that theory. Absolutely. Um but so like besides that, he's still really good at receiving, still very good at keeping the ball in front of him. The best pitch blocker we have in the dugout comfortably, right? He still does provide value. Now, he's not hitting very well. I mean, like, get off me. Half the team. We did ran the numbers yesterday's show, right? Over half the team can't hit. So what? All right? Not so what. Obviously, we need to hit better. But that's not a reason to, like, just start hating Tucker Barnhart a week and a half, two weeks into the season. The gripe that people have, and I think it's a legitimate gripe, is that his defense behind the dish has been poorer than advertised. And he is good defensively. He did deserve those gold gloves. This is not like we're, we get him and it's like, oh, like what what happened? Um, that, you know, he, he's a fraud and like he's not never been good defensively. No, if you've ever watched him before, he, he is great behind the dish. Struggling to hold, or just not struggling to hold, struggling to throw runners out, which as proven today, I would venture is significantly more a, a pitching problem than it is a catching problem. Okay. Ask Ricky Henderson, the greatest base dealer of all time. Quote, I steal on pitchers, not on catchers. It's a thing. And Anthony Rizzo stole third base on us. So, yes, Tucker Barnhart needs to step up defensively. He has had some massive blunders. The pop-up two days ago, he did. He had a couple of blunders this game. Several blunders this game. A poor tag, a couple of, a couple of not even competitive throws. He did throw a runner out this game. A couple of not very competitive throws, though. But the base-stealing thing as a whole... I think is much more a, a pitching problem at the moment, highlighted by Anthony freaking Rizzo 
stealing third on you in a close game late innings. That is beyond inexcusable on any party. But whose job is it to hold Anthony Rizzo so that he's not running on first movement and doesn't have a four-step lead at second? The dude on the bump. Does a good throw make it close? Maybe get him? Probably. He he can have some of the blame. Like I said, I'm not trying to come on here and say that Tucker Barnhart has been some elite defenseman behind the plate so far because he hasn't. He has struggled and he's got stuff to work on. If he wants to... To, to maintain his everyday starting status for this team, he's going to at least have he's going to at least have to give us better defense than he has given us in the first two weeks. And the offense, whatever, I, I'm still expecting it to get a little bit better, but we we didn't bring in Tucker Barnhart for a bat. That all being said, a lot of it is just really poor situational awareness by our pitchers. Both can be true, is my point. Doesn't have to be all one person's fault, all the other person's fault. I think it's a pretty healthy mix of both right now, and I think that's a pretty fair thing to say, given the results that, that we have seen so far this season. Just sloppy, sloppy play. And I love A.J. Hinch, and I think he's the best manager in baseball. That needs to be addressed clearly. Clearly, we got some stuff to tighten up on the defensive end of the ball. Because you, I mean, usually on these shows, right, we do offense, we do bullpen, we do pitching. Maybe if there's a key moment in the game, we'll break that down. We'll do strategies, like talk about the managerial strategies with the bullpen or in situational stuff like that. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time that we took up a whole segment dedicated to defense of one game. But here we are, because it was a train wreck. Gotta be better. Javi coming back will help. Riley Green, when he is healthy in the outfield, will help. Derek Hill, when Derek Hill is is healthy, which seems to be maybe like it's around the corner, that'll help. We got reinforcements. It's not entirely any one person's fault, but goodness gravy, it's a little bit of everybody's. My goodness. What a sloppy, sloppy, sloppy game. And Miggy, like, you know, getting thrown out there, probably not the best thing in the world. He had three hits on the game, so, like, it's probably a little excusable. But, and, and like, he's been doing it his whole career. And most time, you know, when we were bad, it was like, oh, Miggy's so cute. Oh, look at that guy. He just loves the game. He's like a kid out there. All still true. Still love the dude. But, like, I, I just want to win a game. I just want to win. I, I'm so tired of losing. We all are. This is. I'm definitely not special in that regard. I, I know y'all are too. I read my replies, even if I don't answer to all of them. I know what y'all say. All right? But goodness, man. I just want to get some wins. Let's talk about the pitching, because I thought... That we did have some bright spots in the pitching, which is something that I've reiterated a lot. And if there's anything we can hang our hat on so far this year, it is that the pitching, the bullpen has been pretty solid. And the starters, at least the most previous, the first time through the rotation was horrible. This last time through the rotation, I thought was a step in the right direction. I thought another one was taken tonight. 
We'll get into the pitching right after I tell you all about BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment three here at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Um, let's get to the pitching. We'll end on a, on a positive, well-ish note. Uh, Drew Hutchinson came in this game. I will say this. We have to talk about the decision to go to Drew Hutchinson at all in a tie game late innings. It is really hard when a third of your roster is on the IL. And then yesterday, not 24 hours ago, your starter went an inning. One inning. One. Your bullpen had to throw eight innings last night. And we have the expanded roster to try to accommodate it. Guess what? The expanded roster, the the dudes that are filled in, then those last two roster spots are 4A level players. And I do think, I I still do think that that A.J. Hinch likes Drew Hutchinson. Right? I I, I think that he's a fan of him. And I think that he's going to be in games in some situations where people kind of scratch their head and go, why are we going to Drew Hutchinson right now? I think that this was one of those moments. I think he trusts him. That being said, on top of all of that, it's really hard to manage a bullpen 24 hours after your already injury-depleted bullpen just had to throw eight innings. Really tough. Really tough. And, And to be honest... I still think that we were in a position to win this game. We The entire game, I thought we were in a position to win the game. All the way down to the final out. We, we had the tying run at the plate for almost the entire ninth inning. This was a winnable game. The bullpen kept us in it. Which, you can't ask, what I'm trying to say is you can't ask for too much more than what the bullpen provided you, again, 24 hours after they just went eight innings and half of them are already on the IL. You're not going to be able to, to get too much more than what you got tonight. couple of runs given up in, in what, three innings, four innings? Oh, no, Erod got a quality start. So in, in three innings, four pitchers? I don't know, man. I, I, I just think that... This is, I don't want to say best case scenario, because best case scenario is obviously no runs, but I, I, I don't put any of this blame on anybody that took the mound, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say tonight. I, I think that this offense is just, just laboring. And Drew Hutchinson didn't have the greatest performance. Uh, who else do you really, like Fulmer eventually came out for him. I guess maybe you just go Fulmer right away and you just say, forget Drew Hutchinson. But uh, I, I think the original plan would have been Drew, then Fulmer, and then Joe or Soto if the game was still tied, 
right? And they did go Drew, Fulmer, Joe. But then they went to Foley in nine when the game was already a two-run game and and we obviously ended up losing. So the the management of a bullpen after a game like yesterday is very, very difficult. I know we had two days off before that. The, The bullpen still pitched eight. All right. It doesn't make it doesn't make it the easiest thing in the world. Um, so as far as the bullpen goes, we already talked about Drew. He, you know, not not his greatest performance ever, obviously. Michael Fulmer, the slider continues to be phenomenal. Continues to be incredible. Was not a bat did not touch a slider. Zero fouls, zero balls put in play three whiffs on six pitches. It was flawless, flawlessly executed. Uh, the changeup was really solid too. I mean, all of his pitches. He, he threw 10 pitches and, and they were great. And Michael Fulmer was absolutely fantastic. Very quickly is, is I mean, especially, like I said, with all the injuries we already have. But even when fully healthy, the entire bullpen being fully healthy, Fulmer is, is very much one of the staples of the back end of this pen at this point. And that's awesome to see. Joe Jimenez uh, made the mistake, obviously. Um, I I didn't think Joe looked bad. I really didn't. I I thought he was still solid through that four-seamer. I still think looks really good. Got taken for a ride, got hit really hard once. Besides that, a lot of soft contact with it. I, I was pretty okay with Jimenez's performance still. He's given up runs in each of his last two outings. I still don't think he looked bad in each of those outings. And the episode before the first run he gave up on the year, I just talked about how he hadn't given up a run in the calendar season. I'll take some of the heat for his performance, absolutely. And then Jason Foley, uh, for what it's worth, I thought maybe looked a little better than uh, he had. I mean, a, a week ago I was talking about how this dude – maybe wasn't longed for the bullpen or or to last the season. And I I thought he looked a little better, still gave up some hard contact, but for whatever that's worth, I thought he was okay. We're going to end the show on Erod. This was a good Erod performance. This was solid, solid. He had one poor inning. Absolutely. And then outside of that poor inning, he made one bad pitch the rest of the out. So one inning and one pitch not in that inning. He struggled a little bit with the rest of the entire outing. He was great. He's going to get a quality start for this. The quality start, for those who don't know, is six innings and three or less earned runs. He more than did, well, not more than did that. He exactly did that. Six innings and three earned runs. Uh, that stat is meant to be, you know, pitcher wins is so subjective based, not subjective. That's not the right word, but so much based on your offense's production that people don't like pitcher wins anymore. I don't like pitcher wins anymore. Quality starts indicates, Hey, did this starter go out there and give you a chance to win this ball game? And Erod absolutely did that. This game was tied at one point. Um, and yeah, he was good. I thought the four seamer was good. The stuff is nasty. The stuff has always been nasty. He's got a really nice cutter, a really nice changeup, a lively fastball. He's good. The only thing about Erod is just the location. And when balls touch, a, catch a little bit too much of the plate. A little bit too much of the plate can happen sometimes. But I, I thought he was solid in this game. 
I expect more down the road, but this loss is certainly not Erod's fault. There are a plethora of other reasons, a grocery list of reasons why we lost this game. And Erod is certainly not any of them. And if, yeah, certainly not any of them. So solid performance. Like I said, I I thought the stuff looked good. Location was pretty solid for most of the game, except for that, whatever, third inning, second inning. So all uh, props to Erod. First, I think, solid start of his Tigers career, hopefully the first of many. Okay. So to recap, need to stop making stupid mistakes. Uh, clearly need to work on our PFPs a little bit. Tucker Barnhart needs to be better, but it's not entirely his fault. The offense needs to just hit the freaking baseball, but I think it'll come around. The bullpen's been solid. I think that's everything I want to cover. Miggy, 3K watch tomorrow. It's going to be a fun one. I think it's an afternoon game. It is an afternoon game. 1 p.m. start. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Be a nice moment in a uh, in a season that's been starting off pretty slow. We'll have a, a nice ode to Miggy when he hits 3K. On the path to be one of a very short list of players to have 3K, 500, and 600 doubles. Unbelievable career. All right. I think that's all I got. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Back at it tomorrow, baby. Let's go win a game. Let's win a freaking baseball game. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.